Good morning, everyone. We've had such a great summer going through the New Testament book of James because it's a challenging and practical part of the Bible that should make us all feel a little bit uncomfortable because what James points out is that it's not good enough to just talk a good game. We have to live out our faith. Faith and works combine. It's really a faith that works. Faith that gets to work in the daily details of life. And we had such a great series of preachers who brought their own kind of unique personalities and insights to each message. And today I'm going to be finishing up the series in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. If you want to turn there in your Bible, your Bible app, or watch all along on the screens in just a few minutes. But I did want to let you know that next week I'm very excited to begin a, a new kind of brief series called Love Thy Neighborhood. I believe this will be a year when God is calling us to look outside ourselves and our own needs and really think about how we can be a blessing to the communities around us. How to be a blessing, how to love our neighborhoods in Jesus' name. And to kick things off next week, we'll be giving away these cool t-shirts that have our uh, Love Thy Neighborhood logo on them. Isn't that cool? Krista Saturnia did such a great job designing that logo. And, you know, we just have such talented people working here, don't we? Uh, All the kids in Sunday school are going to get a free t-shirt, and we'll have plenty for adults as well. They'll be available at the back of the ministry center, at New Community, and in Parish Hall after services. We have a limited supply for adults, so it's one per person. You can't come up and like take five shirts for your whole family. Please don't do that. Just one for yourself. And if you worship at the 11 o'clock service, I suggest that you come a little bit early to Parish Hall if you want a shirt, because they could all be gone by the time noon rolls around. I mean, you know those 930 people. They'll probably try to snatch them all up. Okay, well that's next week. Now let's get into James chapter 5 starting with verse 13. Uh, Let's hear God's word together. James writes, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven, and therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may also be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the whole earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Amen. This is the word of God. There has been an invisible battle going on around us all summer long. Maybe you've noticed some people acting strangely, but you were unaware of what was happening. Others of you, perhaps you were engaged in this battle, and it consumed hours of your time and and energy. It was called Pokemon Go, the latest video game fad that very cleverly combined playing a game on your smartphone with Google Maps. More than 130 million people downloaded this game to their phones this summer. 
Pokemon Go is sort of like a, like a virtual scavenger hunt where players use the GPS capability of their smartphones uh, kind of laid over Google Maps to locate these virtual creatures called Pokemon. But you have to go to that real physical location to play the game. You can't just sit at home on your sofa. You have to move, hence the, the go part of the name. The Pokemon characters only appear on your screen as you walk or drive around. The key thing is that you have to actually be in that same real-world location as the Pokemon characters. And some places have more of a concentration of the Pokemon characters than others. And that's where you'll see kind of players congregating and battling between each other to see who can get the most. Our church was one of these places, and all summer long you could see people, mainly kids, plus, plus uh, Brian Lee, our contemporary music director, wandering through our cemetery staring at their phones, furiously tapping their screens while they played the game. It's like there was a dual world going on, the normal world and the Pokemon world. But you're only aware of the Pokemon world if you're tuned into the game. Two people could be literally standing in the exact same spot. One person just aware of the normal physical world around them. And the other person frantically battling for a Pokemon that occupies that exact same space. Two worlds existing, overlapping, interacting at the same time in the same space. The Bible exposes us to this kind of reality, but on a cosmic scale. That there is a physical world of matter and atoms, and, and there's also a spiritual world that's not physical, at least not in any way that we understand matter. A physical world and a spiritual world, but they coexist around us all at the same time. Not a virtual world like the Pokemon game, but a real spiritual world that coexists with our real physical world. I mean, if you say you believe in God, then you are saying that you believe in this kind of a dual world's idea because God exists as the creator of our physical world. But he stands outside of what he created. He exists all around us all the time, and yet he is not limited by this world. He's not limited by our five senses of taste and touch and hearing and smell or sight. He exists on a different plane than we do, something we call heaven, a, a perfect reality that is far different from the flawed physical reality that we live in. And yet they both exist at the same time. The Bible tells us this crazy story of how this spiritual being, this God, interacts with our physical world. Though not contained by the world, God does interact in our world in ways that are actually accessible through our senses. Most notably, or most importantly, that God came in the flesh through Jesus Christ. God actually stepped out of his spiritual world and entered into our physical world through Jesus, born in a real physical way through Mary. Jesus lived this dual reality and, and showed us that these two worlds exist simultaneously. He talked about them as my Father's kingdom and the kingdom of this world. And he did things that were beyond a purely physical universe. He calmed storms. He created food. He healed blind men and cripples and all kinds of other diseases just through the expression of his will. He raised a dead girl and even a dead or old man who was stinking from decay. Over and over again, Jesus showed the way these two worlds collide or intersect or interact. And his followers smelled the fresh bread and tasted the fish that appeared out of nowhere. They saw the waves surrender to Jesus' greater power. 
Most importantly, they touched Jesus' own physical body when he came out of the grave, having conquered death. The worst thing that this physical world can do. His followers experienced these, this dual world all with, with all of their senses. The gospel writer John puts it this way, John 1.14, the word became a human being and lived among us, and we saw his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He saw it. The Apostle Peter puts it the same way in 2 Peter 1.16. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. They experienced the coming together of these two worlds. And so we do not merely exist in a physical world of natural cause and effect, of things that can be tested in a laboratory. There is another reality at work intermingled with this physical reality we experience with our senses. In fact, you could say that the Bible teaches that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, not the other way around. Spiritual beings having a physical experience, a physical experience that one day will end, but a spiritual experience that will go on for eternity. One is called death, the other is called heaven. And in many ways, the spiritual world is actually more real than this physical one. James has been exposing his readers to this reality. A physical world and a spiritual world that coexists. And so faith has to get translated into daily action. Faith is not some purely mystical thing. It has to have real life implications. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to live in this dual reality, the world of the, world of the spirit and the world of the flesh physical. And this is not something that everybody else is tuned into. People can go through life in this physical world and never be aware that there's something more. Never be aware that, that God is at work. They live only on one plane. But for those who have been touched by God's grace, there is an awareness of the spiritual world that is constantly with us and operates with us right now as we live in this physical world. What James tells us in today's passage is that there is a gateway into that world, a gateway called prayer. If you're not praying, if you do not believe in the power of prayer, then you are not fully engaged with God. The great overwhelming idea of the prayer in the Bible is that Almighty God, who holds this universe in his hand, actually wants relationship with you. Did you get that? I mean, this is a stunning fact that God wants to talk with you, wants to listen to you. God wants to be with you, be involved in your daily life. And through prayer, God actually gets involved in your struggles, in your victories, in your pains, in your pleasures, your fears, and your future. In all circumstances, God desires us to pray and to know, therefore, his presence and his power. Jesus cleared away all the debris of sin that would obstruct that relationship. He opened the channel of communications. And when you put your trust in him for salvation, it's like he installs a new hard drive in your heart. You become alive spiritually as he places his Holy Spirit inside of you. A new sender and receiver so that you can be in constant communion with the power of God. This is one of the greatest mysteries of the Bible, that God wants a relationship with you and me and every person on this planet. He invites us all to come to him recognizing how we have messed up this world, how we have messed up ourselves and messed up our ability to commune with him. All those 
things that fall under the bigger heading called sin. That brokenness in relationship with him. And through Christ, he repairs the damage, begins that work of change and transformation within us. And so prayer is God's gift to us so that we can connect with him. So that our physical life and our spiritual life are one. That there's a, there's a harmony, a unity, a wholeness. You know, friends stay in touch, right? You call your friends, you text, you send a photo, connect through social media, you see each other, have a meal. Prayer is God's gift to us so that we can stay in touch. It's not meant to be formal and stiff and holy sounding words spoken only in a church worship service. Prayer is to be our natural conversation with our loving Heavenly Father. It should be as natural as breathing, talking with God, but we all struggle with prayer. We lose, we lose sight of this dual world reality that we live in. We get consumed by the physical world, get distracted, get overwhelmed, and try to go through this world on our own power. And then, of course, we crash and burn. We each reach the end of our resources, and often that's the time that we finally turn to God and pray. We run to him when we're in trouble, when we're hip deep in the cesspool. That's when we remember, oh, God is at work. And James says, that's okay. It's okay if that's what it takes to get you to turn to God in prayer. It's okay. In verse 13, he writes, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. If you're in trouble, that's a good time to pray. God welcomes that kind of prayer. He doesn't close his ears to you as, you know, if you haven't been praying for a while and then you hit a slippery spot in your life and you call out to him. He's not going to kind of reject your prayer like it's an unwanted cell phone caller. You know, oh no, not Charlie again. No, he's ready to answer and say, I'm so glad you called. Psalm 94, 18. When I said my foot is sleeping, is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Trouble. That's when people all of a sudden believe in the intersection of this spiritual and physical world, right? I remember once when I was in college, I was driving my station wagon load full of my fraternity brothers back from a weekend at the University of Miami University of Ohio. And we were on a narrow country road. Uh, on, on the opposite side of the road, there were cornfields. On my side of the road, there was an embankment that went down about five feet. There had been a hard rain, and the road was just kind of covered with uh, uh, puddles. Well, my front left tire hit one of those puddles, and it turned out to be the mother of all potholes that had filled up with water to the brim so that it was, it was huge. I mean, it was like a tiger trap, but you couldn't tell it was a pothole. Well, I hit that thing hard, and my wheel jerked to the left, and this big station wagon just went into a sideways slide. I mean, I just spontaneously cried out, Jesus, as I started to lose control of the car. I mean, that was my prayer. I didn't, I didn't have time for anything else. And I remember seeing one oncoming car go right past my window. Just I saw the, the rearview mirror go right past my window. And then another car went on the other side of us, flying by. And, I, and then I literally felt, I felt God straighten the car out. I mean, I know I didn't do it. I mean, I know that. The car just seemed to shift and snap straight ahead. And then we ended up stopped on the side of the road by the cornfields. Not a scratch on the car anywhere. One of my fraternity brothers in the back was also a Christian, and he just blurted out, thank you, Jesus. We could have so easily been in a head-on collision. 
If we'd gone off the other side of the road, we would have flipped and rolled, and who knows how many of my friends would have been killed or seriously injured. I, I could have been killed. We were in trouble. And God in his mercy chose to intervene. The spiritual world and the physical world, they are not that far apart. James has already written about the kinds of troubles his readers were facing. Persecution and injustices, prejudice, temptations, doubts, discouragements, false teachings, people going through relationship meltdowns. And we could add our own list of troubles, big and small, the, the elephant size issues down to those annoying gnat size problems. The important thing is to turn to God in prayer. Otherwise, how will his mighty resources be released in your life and in your circumstances if you don't ask, if you don't recognize his presence and rely on his promises? Turn to God sooner rather than later. And maybe this is a point of spiritual growth for you, that when you are in trouble, you learn to turn to him sooner rather than later. Maybe sooner each time so you're not digging your holes so deep and then it's so hard to get out of them. Maybe you should memorize one of these verses from the wisdom of the psalmist who writes, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Psalm 9, 9. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalm 32, 7. This poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Psalm 34, verse 6. Or the promise of Jesus, John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Anne Lamott wrote a great book on prayer where she said there are really only three prayers we ever need to know. The three prayers are this. Help thanks, and wow. James says when you're in trouble, pray to God and say help. But he also goes on in verse 13 to say, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. In other words, say thanks. Sure, when you're desperate, it's good to pray, but the same God is at work when things are going great. And so learn the secret of praying and communing with God regardless of your circumstances, whether you're floundering or flourishing. Turn to him in the good times. Learn to praise. Develop your, that, that heart of gratitude. Give your praises to God. Spend some part of each day praising God. Kneeling, sitting, walking, riding. The posture doesn't matter at home, in the car, at work. The place doesn't matter. It's your heart connecting with God's heart. That's what matters. And so you're bringing his spiritual power into your physical world. Now, I don't have much time to talk in depth about the rest of this passage, but in James, uh, verse 14, James talks about if you're sick, to call the elders to anoint you with oil and to pray for healing. And the whole topic of faith and healing is a huge one, but let me just say I don't see this as a blanket promise that God is going to heal every disease. People have used this passage to promote a lot of bizarre ideas about prayer, basically saying that if you have enough faith, God will always heal you. And that kind of teaching creates tremendous guilt for those whose healing prayers are not answered because they're told the reason the healing didn't come was because they didn't have enough faith or donate enough money. You know, we have no shortage of charlatans and frauds in the Christian world and no shortage of Christians who are so easily deceived by these hucksters. We need to be a little smarter than that. 
I believe God can heal. I believe God does heal, but not always, at least not always in the way we want that healing to happen. We know the Apostle Paul was not healed of the malady that he had, even though he earnestly prayed for it. So ultimately, we have to entrust ourselves and those we love into his omnipotent and omniscient hands. But we should pray for each other. And your elders and deacons are eager to pray with you and for you if you so desire. If you need prayer, come and see one of us. Come to the wholeness service this coming Saturday evening where there will be a variety of prayer stations with people who are really gifted in intercessory prayer. They would love to pray with you. If you want to be anointed with oil, we'll do that too. But listen, there's no magic in the anointing as James describes it. In his time, oil was a medicinal remedy. The average person did not have access to any kind of you know, professional health care. Oil and natural remedies were all they had, and, and this oil was used as a balm to treat wounds and aches and sores of all kinds and all kinds of illnesses. So James is saying, do the oil and pray. A modern way of translating the intent of this passage would be to say, go to the doctor, take your medication, and have people pray for you. It's not a lack of faith to go to the doctor because God is the source of all healing. And beyond physical healing, there are other kinds of healing. Ask God to heal you of your critical spirit, to heal you of your need to control people and the damage that's done to your relationships. Heal you of, of jealousy, heal your fears of how you hold a grudge, healing maybe for your anger, for your short fuse. Because all those things then get us to the confessing that James talks about, confessing your sin to others. Not to a priest in a box, but to a very select few of trusted brothers and sisters in Christ who will hold your words in confidence, but who will also provide you with accountability to address whatever misfires are going on in your life. Because that's how restoration and inner healing actually happens, confession and accountability. We need that in the body of Christ. And I, I think that's what the world is looking for, an authentic and real kind of faith that's really worth something. You know, the interest in Pokemon Go has kind of faded very quickly as the novelty wore off over the months of the summer. Don't let that happen to your life of prayer. Don't get so consumed by the busyness of your fall schedule that you forget about your life of prayer. So keep praying. I think James is saying, pray like you mean it. Say help, say thanks, and wow. Don't forget the wow. The moments when God's goodness and grandeur overwhelm you, wow. When the beauty of this world inspires you, wow. When you uncover God is doing something good in your heart, wow. When you realize that God is using your circumstances to grow you as a believer, and when you're open and responsive, you have a sense of his beautiful presence. And you realize these dual worlds are really just one. A God-infused world. Spiritual and physical all wrapped up together. Help. Thanks. But don't forget the wow. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to be people of prayer. We want to be people who see your kingdom coming in this kingdom that we're living in, in this fleshly world. And so, Lord, help us to be people who are aware of your presence and open to your power as we go through our daily routine. Help James's words and his whole book to really be a motivation 
to help us walk closely with you. To be able to pray every day, help when we need it. To have an attitude that says thanks when we look at all the blessings that we've received and your goodness towards us. And an attitude that says wow when we think about the amazing love that you have for us and the amazing beauty that you've created in the world around us, Lord. We thank you for that. Thank you for this gift of prayer in Christ's name.